So we turn now to uh, Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11, what I often call the 9-11 passage. It is full of intrigue and very, very interesting data. And uh, for many years, I wondered, I couldn't place, I couldn't position Romans chapters 9 through 11. In my study and teaching uh, on uh, Romans, it was difficult to think to my to understand what was Paul thinking about when he included these um, uh, these chapters. You see, there's some kind of a, uh, a an issue here, a problem, because it doesn't seem at first to relate to everything he's talked about. It seems like a sec a separate segment, and uh, that was a mistake on my part in my thinking because I couldn't perceive what Paul was really getting at. But uh, I think I've seen it since. And uh, so I'm going to share with you that with you as the uh, uh, programs um, uh, develop in regard to Romans 9 through 11. But uh, let's look then at the first section of it. It says, I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for the sake of my uh, brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. And he's talking, of course, about Israel. He's terribly grieved about Israel. And uh, it, he uses astonishing language. I've, I've never heard any Christian say that he wished he were accursed uh, from Christ for the sake of his uh, loved ones, uh, if they could be saved instead of him. A remarkable statement. I'm not sure how... Well, I can't question the sincerity of Paul. It must have been uh, an, an enormous anguish in his mind and heart uh, to uh, com contemplate this uh, issue of Israel. Because, of course, you see, Israel, um, the very nation that was meant to brought, bring forth the Messiah, the very nation that did in fact bring forth the Messiah, the very nation that prophesied this Messiah and was positioned by God to cradle the Messiah, rejected the Messiah. How ironic, how poignant, how sad, and uh, yet there is great truth that's going to come out of this rejection. That's one of the astonishing things that Paul is going to uh, 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 make and uh, establish very strongly. But you see, we need to see the connection to Romans 9 from what he has said in Romans 8. Do you remember the last portion of Romans 8? He says, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And then he goes down and uh, further on he says, for I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depths, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Well, that is an incredibly comprehensive and definitive statement. Nothing in the world in the universe is going to separate us from the love of God. But that creates a question, you see. Then why hasn't God saved Israel? And that's an important question because Paul sees salvation as God's act. It is God who creates faith in human beings. Even though human beings are called to exercise faith, they cannot exercise faith unless God has elected them and chosen them to have faith. And Paul is going to reveal that he's chosen everyone. He's elected everyone. This is part of the message of the book of, uh, of the 9-11 chapter. But if that is the case, then why isn't Israel saved? Do you see then the connection? This 9-11 passage is an attempt, and a very, very good attempt, to answer the question or the issue of Israel's salvation in the light of the fact that nothing can separate us from the love of God because God, in his Son, Jesus Christ, has broken down all barriers. Now, don't get too abstract about this, because this is about you and me as well. You see, Israel is a type of all the world. What God does for Israel, he does for all the world. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? When he atoned for Israel's sins by the cross, he atoned for the whole world's sins. The prophecies about the atonement of Christ are specifically applied to Israel in the Old Testament. Chapter 53 of Isaiah, for instance, you can see it for yourself. But in the New Testament, that atonement is for all the world. And so you see, what God does for Israel, he does for all the world. In addition to that, think of this. When you read the Psalms, and you take on the blessings of the Psalms for yourself, and you think of God who does not slumber or sleep and watches over Israel all the time, you apply those promises to yourself. Well, why do you do that? Because you understand that what God has promised to Israel, he has promised to all the world as the world comes to believe one by one. So, you see, Israel is a type of the world. And therefore, if God, if Paul is bringing us to the place to understand that nothing, no barrier on earth can separate us from the love of God, that's Romans 8. Therefore, we also, who are part of Israel, because of our faith in him, nothing can separate us from God either. And that is so fundamental to our faith. You and I have gone through terrible troubles through our lives, haven't we? We've had many sorrows, many griefs, many losses, many disappointments, many unfulfilled promises and goals. And that gives us the feeling sometimes that God hasn't come through for us, that God is not there for us. But all that Paul is going to say in, in the 9-11 passage applies to us too. And so that's 
why it becomes very important for us not simply to look at this in an intellectual way, this passage, but apply it to our own hearts as well. But don't make the mistake, though, that this passage is talking about spiritual Israel as opposed to physical Israel, real, uh, literal Israel. No, it's not. Paul makes it very clear. He says, My brethren, you know, for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternal blessed God. Amen. Do you see, then, that this is clearly literal Israel that he's talking about and that he's addressing? He wants to come to um, a climax of understanding as to what God is going to do with Israel. And this is important as well for Christians, because we have a relationship with Israel. We have a brother, a cousin relationship with them. We have a faith relationship with them. And we need to know how we stand in regard to these people, most of whom reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But then Paul kind of confuses us at first, because he says, but it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Oh, well, boy, he's just talked about literal Israel. Now he's saying that not everyone who is of Israel is really Israel. So what is it? Which is it? Well, we'll, we'll work this out and it will become clear. But one thing we need to see right now is this. It is not that the word of God has taken no effect. As a younger Christian, years ago, I often felt that the word of God had taken no effect because people simply wouldn't believe it. And when people don't believe, then God's plan is blocked, right? Wrong. That is not the case at all. Because God, foreseeing the future and knowing all things and able to save, for salvation is impossible with men, but with God all things are possible, God is able to break through the barriers that human beings set up in their unbelief. That's the whole point of the last part of the book of Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who or what can be against us? I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor famine, nakedness, or the sword, and all of these things, nothing can separate us. The book of Romans teaches us, through the atoning work of Christ, that God's love is invincible. That is to say, it cannot ultimately, in the long run, be denied. It will win the human race. It will win you and me. Now, you say, well, that's a dangerous doctrine, Colin, because it gives us a false sense of security. Look, the whole of the gospel gives us a false sense of security, unless we daily believe. When God shows his generosity to us in Christ— 
and how he counts us righteous even when we're ungodly, when he counts us enemies even, I mean, uh, reconciled even when we are enemies. Doesn't that give you a false sense of security? Yes, it does. It has the potential at least of doing that. But you believe Anyway, God is not, you see, going to let out his love uh, on a rope, uh, slowly letting it out, lest you get too much of it and take advantage of it. No, God has lavished his love upon us, and it is our sin if we take advantage of it and uh, um, indulge ourselves because of it. But nevertheless, the love of God will not stop flowing forth because he cannot Resist loving us and will not. Well, I appreciate your listening in today. This is uh, Colin Cook, and you've been listening to the broadcast, How It Happens. It's a broadcast that I've been um, doing for 25 years now, and uh, the point of it is to teach the gospel, especially as it is uh, outlined in the book of Romans by Paul, and then to see how faith trusts in God's good news in Christ, and particularly how it, how that gospel and how our faith applies to the addictions that people go through, whether it's drugs or alcohol, food issues, uh, sexual issues, or whatever addictions you may be struggling with. So I'm glad you're listening in. I hope you will do every Monday through Friday. Uh, you can listen to it on the radio at 10 o'clock in the evening ten, uh, and four, uh, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states. And you can also hear it any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com slash faithquest. Uh, or rather, I should say SoundCloud.com, or uh, you can uh, sound, uh, download uh, Podbean.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And would you please help with donations? It would be so much appreciated. You can do it online at FaithQuestRadio.com. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless. <laughs> 